God and Savior, King of us all, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, to be the glory forever. Amen. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciple asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, that the works of, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, How are your eyes opened? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed and I see. Therefore some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such things? And there was a division among them. They said to the blind man again, What do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes. He said he is a prophet, but the Jews did not believe concerning him, that he had been blind and received his sight, until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered him and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know, or open his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him, he will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, Why, this is a marvelous thing. 
that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, You were completely born in sins, and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, It was he, Lord, that I may believe in him. And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped Sunday of the Coptic month of Tuba and because we celebrate the Feast of Epiphany during this month the Sunday readings are all all have something to do with baptism and today our mother the church arranged for us the story of the man who was born blind and this miracle is symbolic of baptism because of the fact that our Lord Jesus Christ told him to go and to wash in the pool of Siloam and after he, took, after he took clay and he put it over his eyes. And those actions teach us actually a very important aspect of our faith. It's a fact that God has done everything for our salvation. However, his work requires our cooperation. For one thing, of course, it requires our belief. If we don't believe, then whatever God has done for us cannot be applied to us. So in addition to this, we need to cooperate with God's work by believing and by being baptized. To believe is an inward obedience to the salvation of God and to be baptized is an outward obedience of the word of God. So the sign in the washing of the pool of Siloam signifies the washing of baptism in obedience to the Lord. Right? Our Lord Jesus Christ told the man, go and wash. Even though of course Christ is more than capable of healing him without him going to go wash. He tells him to go and wash and after he's washed he's healed. We might understand why it's important for us to believe in God, but maybe some of us don't really understand the importance of baptism. Actually, there are many Christian denominations that deny that baptism is even necessary at all. Some denominations believe in baptism, but maybe they don't believe in it in the way that the Orthodox Church teaches. We understand baptism to be a regeneration. We understand baptism to remove the stain of original sin, we understand baptism to infuse us and sanctify us with grace in our souls. Other denominations may say that baptism is just a sign that you have accepted Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, and therefore you're a Christian. It's the acceptance or the belief only that matters. But this is incorrect. Undergoing baptism doesn't just indicate that you are now a Christian. For them, even if you would not get baptized, you're a Christian regardless because of your profession of faith. This understanding actually leads to so many scriptural difficulties. Like if you read the Bible, if you, if you say that baptism doesn't rise above anything except the symbolic, 
it's hard to sort of coincide those ideas with, with Scripture. For example, St. Paul calls to, uh, says to Titus, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. So how did our Lord Jesus Christ save us by the washing of regeneration and the renewal in the Holy Spirit? This washing of regeneration is baptism. It actually does something to us. It regenerates according to Scripture. The, the, combi the combination of water and the Holy Spirit reminds us of the Gospel of St. John when our Lord Jesus Christ is speaking to Nicodemus and he says, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So we understand this combination to represent the water of baptism that brings the Holy Spirit. You know, right after people are baptized, immediately we anoint them with the Holy Myrun in the Sacrament of Confirmation so that they can have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of them. If you look, for example, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, St. Peter, he is talking to people and he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So pay attention to the sequence. First comes repentance and belief. Then comes baptism, which affects or causes the forgiveness of sins. And then, as a consequence of that forgiveness and the, and the baptism, comes the gift or the grace of the Holy Spirit. That verse only makes sense if we're understanding baptism as more than just a symbol. If baptism is, is just uh, a command of God that I want to follow and not a mystery, why would St. Peter include it in his instructions? Actually, St. Paul supports the same thing when he's talking to the Corinthians. He says that you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified. By wash, he's not talking about taking a bath. He's not talking about like Corinthian bathing practices or something like that. Actually, the verb even in the Greek is, is referring to baptism. Their baptism brings them into a state of sanctification and justification. Baptism changes them internally, spiritually, and it changes us internally and spiritually. Baptism is essential to our salvation. And salvation means the remission of our sins. In Hebrews, St. Paul says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Salvation is made available through the death of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. And how do we participate and share in this salvation? We share in the death and the resurrection of Christ. St. Paul says that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering being conformed to His death. So unless we undergo this death, I can't receive the salvation. So how do I share in the death of the Lord? And the answer is in my baptism. In the scripture, St. Paul again, he says, Or do you not know that as many of you were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into His death? Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into death. So it's our death and burial with the Lord through baptism that saves us and makes us share in the glory of His resurrection, or as part of our salvation. St. Paul says, For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, which is baptism, certainly we shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. So let's look at baptism in the context of the passage that we read this morning. If we say that being, baptiz being baptized can be compared to the washing in the pool of Siloam, our Lord Jesus Christ clearly commanded the blind man, go and wash in the pool. What if the, the blind man had argued with Christ? 
What if he said, you already put clay on my eyes. You already touched me with your healing hands. Why are you now telling me to go and wash in the pool? Why do I have to do this so that I can receive my sight? If the blind man had argued or had disobeyed Christ, he wouldn't have received his sight. Because he wasn't then cooperating with God and obeying his word. But he obeyed the word of, of God. He went and washed. And the verse says, and he came back seeing. The clay, as some of you might know, signifies man being created by God. Our created man, which we were created out of dust according to the book of Genesis, created man became or has become like the old man. And the old man, like St. Paul teaches us, has been crucified with Christ. And in baptism, what do we do? We wash away this old man. So now the, the, the connection becomes a little bit clearer. Through baptism, the old man, our old nature dies, our sin is washed away, and we put on the new man, we put on the righteousness of Christ, and we are regenerated in the righteousness of Christ. So what does that have to do with us today? Most of us sitting here are baptized. Most of us already experienced this. So is the gospel pastor this morning just reminding us to make sure we know we're supposed to be baptized? And so most of us who are baptized, okay, there's really not much for me to do. What's the implication for me? Those of us who have believed in Christ and who have entered into union with Him, daily we need to practice the washing away of our old man. Yes, of course, on the one hand, this dying of the old man and regeneration into a new creation is a one-time thing. We don't repeat our baptisms. But on the other hand, we have to admit that we have not always been obedient to practice the washing away of the earthly things that pertain to that old nature. As a result, we can still have like clay on our eyes. That's the reason many of us, sometimes we don't have a clear view of spiritual things and don't have you know, proper insight or proper light. Sometimes people ask, you know, how am I able to understand or benefit from uh, the liturgy or my prayers in my home or reading scripture? People say, you know, I read the same Bible as you do, but for some reason, you know, I, I don't benefit anything or nothing changes in me. What's the reason for that? Part of the reason is it might be that the clay hasn't been washed away from your eyes. As long as the clay of the natural man remains on the eyes of the believer, you're, not going, to, you're going to be blind to spiritual things. All of that clay needs to be washed away. We ha can't hold on to our old man with our old nature and our old concepts and our fleshly lusts. The Beatitudes, it tells us, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall what? See God. Do you have doubts in your ability to see God? Do you find yourself doing the right thing, praying, fasting, tithing, almsgiving, and still you don't feel like you have a close relationship with God? Still you feel like I can't feel His presence in my life. Or I feel like the life of a Christian is not good or is not for me. It's an opportunity actually for us to examine ourselves. Take guidance from our spiritual fathers. Maybe there's an impurity in my life that is preventing me from seeing God. What sin do I harbor in my life that puts a wall between me and God? I need to wash it away in the waters of repentance and confession, which is like a mini-baptism. Actually, it's astonishing to me 
how many people have given up on the sacrament of repentance and confession. For some reason, we think of it as something like only maybe the children need. Something maybe that I need when I'm making a very dis- big decision about my career or my spouse, I will go and speak to Abuna. Or I have a crisis in my life that needs the immediate intervention of a priest. This is not true. All of us here in this room are in need of the sacrament of repentance and confession. All of us are in need of being rebuked. All of us are in need of hearing patiently and humbly and asking God and asking my spiritual father for help to grow. The sacrament of of repentance and confession is a beautiful thing that not too many of us or not enough of us take seriously. In this sacrament, I can see most clearly and effectively the mercy of God. The sacrament of repentance and confession is a sacrament of healing, just like the blind man this morning. When I go to confession, why do I go? I go in order to be healed, to heal my soul, to heal my heart, to be healed of my sins. Each time I go to confession, God embraces me, rejoices with me, in the same way that he tells us about the parable of the lost sheep, going after the one lost sheep. Forgiveness of sins is not something I can just give myself. In confession, I ask forgiveness from Christ as represented by the priest. That's how I learn that forgiveness is not the fruit of my own efforts, but a gift from the Holy Spirit who fills us with mercy and with grace. It's not enough for me to just ask God for forgiveness in my own mind and in my own heart because Christ himself entrusted the church the ministry of the forgiveness of sins. The shame we feel or the shame that we might feel in speaking our sins to another person makes us humble. And when we unburden ourselves in front of God, we leave confession feeling free, feeling beautiful, being forgiven, feeling happy. That's the beauty of daily washing. I know that some might be reluctant to confess because maybe they have an issue with the priest or maybe they find that they can't find a priest that they get along with. My advice would be to go. Christ is there. Christ is more benevolent, more merciful than any priest. When Christ receives you, he receives you with love, more than more love than any priest can give you. The sacrament of confession is the renewal of our baptism. It's like a second baptism that refers back to the first one and renews it. So even though you believed in the Lord and you entered union with Him in your baptism, you may still have the clay of the old man on your eyes. That's why I need to obey God. I need to go and wash in the pool of Siloam and wash away that old man. I need to wash the old man day by day in repentance. I need to wash away the old man in regular confession. I should practice the daily washing away of this old nature or the things that pertain to the old nature. This is our obedience to what God has said. He has everything to us in a practical way, not just a theoretical way. He is truly the light of the world. He is truly the life-giving spirit. He is ready to, co- to, to mingle himself with us. But if we keep the old man or the things pertaining to our old self, he will not. If we do not obey and walk and go and wash in the pool of Siloam. The word Siloam, by the way, like it explains in verse 7, means scent. 
So it's, it's a commission for us. God tells him, go, wash in the pool. He's sending him on a mission. He's sending him to, to carry out a particular work, a particular purpose. So this sending is crucial. If the blind man was not willing to be sent, he would have been, like I said before, in complete darkness forever. So we are called to be sent. First, sent to the waters of baptism in order to be regenerated, and then regularly to be sent into the tears of repentance and confession. May God always give us the strength and the power and the perseverance to wash away our sins daily by the grace of His Holy Spirit. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. Blessed